Venters, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Mic, a Vent music podcast series hosted by me, Freddie Cocker. Each pod, I check in with artists across different music scenes in the UK and beyond. We talk all about their musical journey, their artistry, and most importantly, the person behind the mic. For this episode of Behind the Mic, I'm checking back in with my now mate, Harry, from UK alt-pop band Victor's. In part one, we talked about the mental health impact of the streaming wars on musicians, anxiety and FOMO. In part two of Harry's journey, we discussed Victor's last EP3 and how it was received, getting back into doing shows post-COVID, why their 2022 was a quieter one but a needed one, and how Harry and the band needed this period of reflection to be able to go again in 2023 and not allow the band's career to plateau. For Harry's mental health, he moved to London from Leeds in January 2022, which was a big decision for him and his life, and we discussed the challenges of that, the positives of that, what he's had to overcome, and how he now feels much more at home where he lives in East London. We also discussed the concept of friend dating, which he had to do when he first moved to London, and how many people need to do this in order to build a new support network and stop themselves from moving back to the places they came from prior. We finished by talking about a very scary health emergency he had in December 2022, where he ended up having a twisted testicle. He was rushed to A&E, had an emergency operation that same day, and thankfully his testicle was saved. But we also talk about the health anxiety he experienced, and why men sometimes struggle to talk about these health issues when it affects them. So get yourself comfy, and have a listen as I go back behind the mic with Harry from Victor's. Harry, welcome back to Behind the Mic, mate. Thank you so much for coming to my abode in North East London to record this. Last time we were doing it online, it was the throes of lockdown, I think it was. Maybe first or second, I can't even remember it now. And we're going to talk about your move to London, why you're actually able to do this later on in the pod, mate. But first of all, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, it's lovely to be here. Nice to see where you live. Yeah? It's lovely flat. It's not bad, isn't it? It's better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you very much, man. It's very kind. It's very kind. For the listeners, I've met you face-to-face, actually, a couple of times since yeah, that pod. Yeah. I came to your London show. You did, Colours. Yeah, yeah Colours, yeah. And uh, we bumped into each other very drunkenly at, uh, very fleetingly as well, at All, all point, Points East. All Points East. I should have actually stayed with you because I'd lost all my friends at that point. <laughs> and it turned into a bit of a disaster. Had, 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 you, had you lost your friends at that point? Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think I had to leave you because I didn't want to lose my friends. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. We chatted and you were like, oh, I need to go. Yeah, I like, yeah. I was like, oh, take me with you. <laughs> Without further ado, mate, are you ready to start the show? Yeah, let's do it, man. You know by now where we're going to start with this pod, mate. We're going to check back in with your music journey and Victor's. So tell me what's happened since we last chatted and where the band is now. So, yeah, when was it when we last talked? A couple of years ago, was it? Yeah, it's maybe 20, late 2020 yeah, or early 2021. Yeah, I, me- check. I remember I was in Meanwood in Leeds in, in my house. So, yeah, it must have been 2021, mm. I think. Since then, we've we released our EP, our third EP, three. We've done that. Done a, a few shows. We did. I think we did. Yeah, we did a couple of festivals after everything sort of opened up after COVID. 
Yeah, it's been good. Yeah, we were really quite busy at that point. We've had a quiet one. Yeah, for the listeners, there's also been a few reasons for that. So yeah, many reasons. You can't say too much about one thing, but just tell me a little bit about why it's been a more quieter 2022. I think we've been doing this for quite a while now. I think me and Simon actually met and formed the band coming on like, I think like nine years ago. Wow. That we actually met. can't believe it's been that long, to be fair. <laughs> so like, we, I don't know, we, we keep having, the, like we'll do a lot of work and release a lot of stuff and be busy and then we'll sort of take a step back and be like right how can we go to the next level or whatever because it's very easy just to keep releasing and not really evaluating what you've done Mm -hmm. and you can easily like plateau and just not really get anywhere we like to sort of take a step back and think right how can we do this better and all that and yeah and then we recently became a three-piece as well like for the latest release and so all of that you know i mean getting used to being a three-piece and and then obviously i moved to london like i did it for music reasons and my own personal reasons but it, it's been good for the band and it's been negative as well in mm-hmm. the sense of like obviously Pros and cons, yeah. yeah yeah i'll hold my hand up and say like yeah it's slowed it down a little bit because mm-hmm. i'm not in the same city as the other mm-hmm. two but but yeah it's, and, and obviously yeah we've then changed management and we've been writing and getting in the studio and all this kind of stuff so it's yeah it's been a slower one but i think it was needed just to because we'd done a big body of work didn't go as far as we wanted it to release wise and mm-hmm. and stuff so yeah we just need we just took some time off to just like you said to me it's a weird one but a needed one yeah yeah and i think and the new management we've taken a lot of advice from them and they were saying like maybe you should go in this direction this direction and do you know what i mean so we're just like how do we take victors after doing it for quite a long time now how do we push it on and go that extra step up mm. now so yeah, that's basically where we've been mm. at, really. I've spoken to quite a few artists now, and the last artist I had on, Rayova, they had issues with their management too, and mm. they had gone through a few different things, and they alluded to that on the pod. And I think it's more of a, a common occurrence than perhaps fans think in the industry. Yeah. Have you found there's a stigma that prevents artists from speaking out about this outside of the, the legal issues, which, which sometimes do occur as well? Yeah, I think what people don't, who are in the industry or like art in bands or anything like that, just literal fans and listeners, I don't think they understand just how vulnerable bands can be when it comes to who they're working with. Because like, when we started, we're a lot more savvy to the industry and, and even like running business, a business time, now. It? So, yeah, because yeah, yeah. you get older and you realise that actually it's not just about writing music and... Sunshines and rainbows. Yeah, it's yeah. about like running a business and stuff. And when we first started, we were idiots didn't know a thing about it we literally just and initially people know that <laughs> yeah Mostly of course you kids when you start yeah out, yeah, yeah exactly and, and that's what i mean we were kids i think i was 18 when i met simon and like we knew nothing about how to upload things how to like copyright all, all, you know, all mm. that kind of stuff we know nothing so we were you're very vulnerable when you start and i think a lot of bands people jump on them because maybe they've got potential and we had lots of potential mm. for our age and mm. stuff and you put trust in people. So you put tr- you have to because yeah. you don't know anything. Mm. You don't. You need guidance. You don't know where you're going. You don't know what to do. So that's kind of happened to us. We had it great for a few years, and then yeah, it's it's sort of all fallen apart with our last manager. And again, I won't go into too, too much detail, mm-hmm. but it's, that's ongoing. Yeah, people don't realise just how vulnerable you can be. And mm-hmm. yeah, there is a stigma because you don't want to become. I think you've mentioned it to me before. Like you don't want to also become like blacklisted. blacklisted yeah. yeah, to yeah. like oh, don't work with them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it should be the other way around. It should be yeah, fans have yeah. the power to say this management isn't good. Yeah. This management is good. They're good to work with. Pros and cons. And yeah. Do you think there's a sort of dichotomy where 
in some scenes, bands are very supportive of each other and there's a strong scene, yeah. but there's still maybe an underlying competition factor of where course there is, yeah. some bands might be less reticent to say to another band, oh, that management isn't good, don't go with them, yeah. because it would actually put the other yeah. band above them or something. No, yeah, yeah, true, yeah. We've had some experience with chatting to bands and stuff and they're like, oh, I don't really work with them. We did this with them and it didn't really work and all this stuff. So we have had support from other bands. But the management we're with now at Electric Pineapple, they're great. They're also ongoing with helping us through our past management problem. And they work really hard to like really secu- secure secure yeah. bands assets and mm-hmm. everything. Masters and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. They're, yeah. They're really really good at their. Happens the there. big guys. Taylor's just released the whole yeah. albums again. I know. Just so yeah. Can have a master. Well, there you go. Yeah, it even happens to the top. So, yeah. but yeah, it feels like we've been working for quite a long time now with our hands tied behind our backs because mm-hmm. we don't have access to everything we need to have access to because of our past management yeah. and all. So, yeah, it feels like it's been really slow for us, but this year we've written some more material, we've got it all ready to go, it's going to be uploaded at the end of this month, and, and then we'll have a load of releases this year. So this year is going to be busy of releasing like loads of content and then eventually gigs and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's an exciting time for us now, but it's been very slow. Mm. You mentioned there the move to London. We're going to talk about the personal reasons later in the pod, but from a mm. professional perspective, why did you want to do this? Well, you hear about it from everyone be it like actors musicians that in England it's like just the dumb thing you move to London unfortunately yeah. yeah yeah I mean unfortunately and fortunately because it's a it's hard place to live like we always laugh me and my friends laugh about this because we say like oh it's tough to live in London but mm-hmm. we all do it and it's so fun but expensive but yeah I, I moved here because like yeah I just it's the, the done thing and you hear about like actors in America they all move to LA because it's just that's the place to be yeah, fuck living in LA. Like, uh, yeah, I know. No, but like, but you hear about it for, like from a professional. If you want to go make your career, you move to where everything is, and yes. and, and in England, especially on the UK, mm. London is where it all is. Really, uh, what are the opportunities and the positives that you've had since moving to London? Positives for I, the band. I mean, for the band, I'd say I have met the sheer number of people I've met within the industry and just in the arts itself, who actually show an interest in what you do we've noticed like when you're in Leeds well anywhere if you're in a conversation just in the pub or just chatting to people or whatever and you say oh I'm in a band and they're like oh cool and that's it whereas in London if you're chatting you're like oh I'm in a band they get their phones out and like check you <laughs> and follow you and stuff like everyone seems to be interested here so it's that I think and I think we'll notice it when we next do our like a London show the sheer amount of people I've met and stuff who will come to our shows and I don't know, it's just the networking. Everybody's here doing the similar sort of thing. Like, whether it be like, I've met a lot of people in fashion, a lot of people in, you know what I mean, in music themselves and actors. And uh, so everybody's just like, I think that's one of the main positives is the inspiration of being around everyone who's mm. all in the same boat, all living here to do their dream, if you know yeah. what I mean. And then what have been the challenges from a mental health perspective professionally? Like, obviously, Simon doesn't live here. So is it that, I'm assuming there's, there's a lot of Discord chats or zoom calls and stuff there, like that. there is yeah like, i'll hold my hand up like i said earlier and say like it slowed us down a lot me moving here and like i'll admit that because yeah we're not in the same city anymore but i'm still working on getting them to come and live down here like <laughs> simon if you're listening i'm coming i'm coming for you <laughs> like but yeah so it, it has been tough because yeah well i used to live with simon mm-hmm. and then when i moved out i lived a five minute drive from simon and leon and now I don't. I live on the other side of the country. Mm-hmm. It's not hard. It's one train away. But, yeah, it's tough. I go back up quite a bit. 
I haven't recently, but like, yeah, go up quite a bit. But now I'm moving into like a new flat with like much more space. So them, them two are going to be able to come down a lot. That'll speed up our sort of process. So it's all, yeah, it's all looking good. It's just, yeah, we're coming out of the slow period mm-hmm. now that I've got myself settled and it's taken longer than I thought. I've been here like a year now. So I thought oh, it'd be a couple of months of getting sorted and then, and then, but it's not, like that, it, it never works like that. It's taken so long. I've had problems with houses and mm-hmm. living spaces and stuff. And, and, but now I'm pretty much settled. It's now going to be only up from here mm. let's hope so mate yeah. let's discuss your discography since we last chatted because mm. you put out your third EP three mm. very creative now and, uh, <laughs> yeah we I, thought about that for a long time yeah, yeah. <laughs> I messaged you when it dropped that I thought it was the best work that you've ever put out mm. and that was a sincere comment I do genuinely mean that mm, you, you. you've brought some great gospel elements some R&B elements to it which I particularly loved and you know, I know you we chat on on part one about you moving away from the nineteen seventy five sound and stuff like that. <laughs> but weirdly, that nineteen seventy five sound has sort of evolved into the, the same yeah, sort of elements. Yeah, so you've yeah. got a load of great bands who are putting out I think variations of the sound and, and variations of this alt pop genre. Just tell me how it felt to put it out there and what the EP means to you and, and to the band. It meant a hell of a lot to us. Me and Simon especially had wanted to be a three piece. We loved the idea of being a three piece. And it was the first time that we'd finally become one. And it meant a lot to us, this EP, because a lot of it was written in the flat that me and Simon lived in together, which was actually flat three. That's another reason why it was called oh, okay. So there is meaning behind it. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah, it meant a lot. We all had a lot of say in it, in the EP. Like, Leon had a lot of input. It was like a sort of all of us. It wasn't like an individual's piece. We'd really worked together on it, and some songs had been written in matter of days and then there was one song that had taken literally like two years to write it just wasn't working and then we finally pieced it together how did that feel oh, two a, years a, a, I mean, it's a, a, a relief man a relief <laughs> like yeah i think it was hey you up took ages like we had the sort of base of the song but we just didn't know what we wanted to do with it like i had the vibe or whatever do we go an electronic route do we go in more like a sort of analog sort of vibe to it and you got fi- versions on the EP, so... Well, yeah, well, we so we finally got it sorted, and yeah, and, and it was the first body of work we'd done that actually had a sort of storyline to it. We'd never done that, we'd only ever just, here's a song, here's a song, here's a song, and we clump it together and it's called an EP. It's the first one where we kind of had, it was sort of like a journey of, like, each song was in there for a reason to tell a sort of story throughout, which we were proud of. It's like, it was more thought had gone into it, and it was more... Yeah, just more sort of like a piece of art rather than it just being his four songs we wrote and we've put it together and called it a body of work. But mm. yeah, it meant a lot to us. You mentioned earlier in the pod about more work coming. So is it a fourth EP? Is it a debut album? Because you only can do the... I say to a lot of bands, you can only do the debut album once. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's why we're holding off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've just finished. I think, it was, yeah, we finished it in January. We got it finally mastered at Abbey Road and stuff. We had a, we had a day at Abbey Road, which was fun. It's going to be a, yeah, fourth EP. Is it going to be more of a mixtape length EP or the same um, length as it was I'm tra- before? I'm trying to think. I think the last one was like, I think the label we were working with wanted us to do an album and mm-hmm. we didn't want to do one. So we compromised and we're like, we'll do an extended EP. Right. We sort of just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> so it ended up being like an intro track and then I think... Five tracks? Five tracks yeah. and then a different version of it was one of the songs. Acoustic, wasn't no, it? no, it was Run Acoustic. Run Acoustic, that yeah, was Leon it. Leon, the yeah. piano, how I wrote it. Mm-hmm. 
and it ended up being like seven tracks, which is almost an album, but we're like, it's extended EP. <laughs> this one is, I think we've got an intro track again, because we love our intro tracks. And then I think it's four songs. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a five track EP, but one of them's an intro okay. and all that. I think we've changed our sound a little bit. There's still It's still very much Victor's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just been experimenting with different ways to go. That's why we had so much time off to mm. figure out what we wanted to write. And we've come out of it and we're really, really proud of it. It's, mm. it's a, I think it's a much bigger sound. I think it's like cleverer music-wise. We've also, in that, we've also brought it back and it's much more minimal less stuff going on because we used to just jam pack our songs with so many sounds da, da, da. but now we've realized that like less is more but if that less is doing something that means something you know yeah we're really proud of it and it yes yeah, i think we're going to do like a waterfall release so single six weeks single i think it'll be three singles and then we'll release the full thing mm. and uh, have you looked into tapping up say producers to do remixes to add to the yeah, yeah 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 leon was on with that one of his friends is in a bigger band. I now can't remember the name, but like, yeah, he was in contact with them about doing a remix of one of the tunes, and so there'll be all that. Yeah, I can't wait to get it out because I'm really proud of it. Let's reflect before we move on to mental health. Mm. So, going along this continued music journey, what has this period taught you about yourself? What has it taught me about myself? Mm. I didn't think I had it in me to go do what I did, like moving to London and being by myself and having to sort of almost start again. Why? Because well, I'd never moved out. I'd, I'd lived in Leeds for Fair, 25 okay. years. <laughs> I think I moved out when I was 20 or 21 or something. But then only lived 20 minutes down the road. So, like, yeah, I'd never do, I didn't do the uni thing. I didn't move away and stuff like that. So I think it was an, that was another reason I did it. It was sort of like I've never lived away, which most people have when most people go to uni mm. these days. They move to Manchester or they move to Newcastle or whatever. And I'd never done that. So it was like, I think that was one reason to do it as well. Just sort of like... Can I do it? Um, so proving it to yourself. Yeah, yeah, proving it to myself, and just like I, I think it's important. I didn't want to get to thirty, and I've only ever lived in Leeds. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's taught about the band is that it, the fact that living hundreds of miles away from each other and we're still going, it shows that we're actually strong as a unit. I think. I think it's taught us that, and especially with all the crap that we're going through with the management and stuff. Yeah, it, it's taught us that we are doing it for a reason, and like, and I have thought about giving up. With this whole management problem, it's like, oh, do we just stop? Because it's just stress. But it shows that, no, I think the last couple of years since we last taught, it's shown us that we have drive and we have conviction and we'll keep going until this actually works. Do you know what I mean? Which I'm quite proud of us for. Because I think a lot of people would have given up. It's just like, oh, this isn't worth it anymore. We just keep going and we'll go until it works. Did you think you had that level of perseverance in you? Don't think so. I I have had... I don't know. I don't think I had it to this level. And same with like Simon and Leon. Like, yeah, we are persevering, and it's it's a tough industry to be in. Like, you're constantly being rejected. Things aren't going. Like, I thought I'd be bloody famous by now. <laughs> it's like, what's this about? Like, but uh, <laughs> I'm only joking. But it's like I'm proud of us that we're still going. Because when we set up Victors, when we formed, when we were in Leeds, there was all these bands that we used to gig with in Leeds, and I think that none of them exist anymore. Mm. We're still going. So it's like, I'm quite proud of us for that. Like, no, we are battling on to like not defeat the music industry. But I mean, just like... Overcome it. Overcome <laughs> it, yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah. so I'm, I'm proud of us. That's what it's taught us in the last couple of years of all the crap we've been through and releases not really doing what we wanted to do. And But we're still going. 
if you stop, well, you definitely won't make it then, will you? We're just going to keep going till it works. We've talked all about your music journey, continued. Let's go back behind the mic and talk about your mental health journey, continued, Harry. So, since we last spoke, how do you reflect on that last pod and what we discussed? What was the feedback to it? And who's the Harry we meet now? Wow. <laughs> who's the Harry we meet now? Actually, the reactions I got from people who listened to the pod was really good. One of my friends listened to it and messaged me saying that he related to a lot of the stuff I was talking about, which is why you do the pod. That's exactly it, isn't it? Like For people to listen and realise, oh, actually, no, that that's similar to my situation and stuff like that. And No, yeah, so the reactions to it were really, really good and you made me sound very good. <laughs> Thank you. Cheers, mate. Yeah, that was your editing skills, I'm sure. <laughs> And some people don't realise that how much editing I actually do. So yeah, I know. Some yeah. people were like, "You speak so eloquently, and like, <laughs> and like, there's no mistakes in." They're like, "Yeah, he's edited it." <laughs> you should have told him that. No, no I didn't know. I'd just gone. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I did not tell him. But in my head, I was like, "Yeah, he's edited that, man." <laughs> like, I don't talk like that. There's a lot of ums and uh, likes, and you know, yeah, sort yeah, of. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So. But no, the, the reaction to it was great, and yeah, like I said, that's exactly why you do do it, so people can listen to it and realise that they're not alone and that people go through all sorts of stuff. I think I'm in a much... I've had a, a rocky ride with my mental health for the last like couple of years since. Last year was pretty tough, but as of now, there is no problems at the, at the moment. Yeah, I'm, Long will that continue? Yeah. Well, yeah. But it's, it's, you can't guarantee that in life, can you? No. Yeah, mental health is up and down, isn't mm. it? it? Yeah, you have good moments and you have bad moments. But no, I'm pretty much, like we spoke about earlier, I've, in the last couple of years, I've found stuff out about myself that I didn't know I had, like the whole moving to London and the starting again almost. And yeah, perseverance and... Yeah, like I said, I'm proud of the band for doing what we're doing. I'm also proud of myself for what I've done and yeah, completely uprooting my life that was pretty comfortable in Leeds to suddenly realising that, oh, in London you don't have as much space <laughs> and you spend a ridiculous all amount time. on... Yeah, all time and you spend a ridiculous amount on rent and stuff like that. But I'm in a good place at the moment. For people born and raised and live in London like me, the city can feel... Sometimes an easy place to live, but I actually do know how lonely it can be as well. Mm. And I can feel that even having a good group of mates from school and stuff like that. So mm. when you arrived, did you feel that? How long did it take you to adjust to it from a personal perspective? No, yeah, I definitely felt it. A few people had sort of warned me about it that like, yeah, it's it can be great fun and, and it's amazing. You'll meet loads of people, but it is really easy to feel like super lonely here, mm. even though... There's what, nine million people? Something like, that, Some, yeah. something like that. You feel it when you're sat in your room by yourself or something. You're like, I haven't spoken to anyone today, but I live in this massive city. We talked about it before the pod, like, because there's so many people, it's so saturated, mm. you can almost feel irrelevant. You can get lost or feel lost. Very yeah. much, very much so. There's so many people around you at all times, but. And you think that they're all buzzing about and doing life and having exactly. a good time and stuff like that. But no, it's, they're probably the same. Yeah. A lot, there's so many people that are a lot of the, the same as you in your situation. But yeah, it can be very lonely. It took a while and there's times when there still is that. But yeah, it took longer than I thought. Like I mentioned before, like I thought oh, I'd move here and within a couple of months it'd be... No, it takes a lot longer than that. What steps did you take to avoid falling into that trap quite so heavily? You've got to just get out. For that very reason, it's why I didn't bring my Xbox down with me and stuff like that, because it would be so easy just to, you're feeling alone and you don't really know anyone, just to sit and 
play a game or do you know what I mean? So I didn't bring that down so that it would make me Do you regret that now? Now you're in a good place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have thought like, oh, that, that Hogwarts Legacy game looks pretty good. <laughs> no, um, yeah, you've just got to get out and do it. It feels weird and it feels alien to just go out and meet people and... But you've just got to do it. Otherwise, you will just sit there. And it would be very easy to move here and not meet anyone, yeah, even though there's that 100%. many people. But In my experience, mate, so I've got a group of lads from school mm. who I can see if I want to. They live in Walthamstow, which is a bit annoying because where I live now, it's close, but not transport links close, shall we say. Yeah. So where I used to live with my parents... I could get a bus there for 10 minutes, but now I'd have to get a bus back to my parents and then get another bus, and it's a bit more wiggly-piggly, so I yeah. could get a cab, basically, there. But when they're busy, it would be very easy, like you say, for me not to do anything. I could sit in the flat, I could play my PS5 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I'm quite grateful that I have family who I live nearby. I can see my nephews. I can do the, these podcasts, the gym. Yeah. When you end up doing nothing, can you get to a place where living in the city can feel quite pointless, and you can go, well... I could just go back to Leeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you feel like you could do this anywhere. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, what's the point? But I've, I've tried to avoid that. I've tried to keep as busy as possible and not have... How so? Gigs, Gig, going out. Gigs, going out, and just walking around. Because there's so many places in London that you go visit, that you see on TikTok. And like, duh, duh, duh. So you just go to those places, like Broadway Market, like go up to Shoreditch and just visit these. Yeah, I really try to not stay in. I hate staying in by myself. And yeah, I think I mentioned it to you before the podcast that I didn't realise before I moved to London, but there's this sort of weird, when you first move, sort of like friend dating Yes, thing. that's next to my running order. Yeah, yeah, tell me about that. yeah it's, it's basically, I, I think it's something I've sort of, I'm sure everybody does it, but it's like you meet someone on a night out, like just like you're in the smoking area or whatever. And because you're new to London and you have nobody, you sort of exchange numbers and stuff. Mm. Like it's a date, but it's nothing <laughs> like, it's not that. You're just trying to make friends. And then you would just have to text them like a couple of days later, want to go for a beer? or do you know what I mean? And you have to go on these, like go for beers with just the person you don't know because you're just trying to make friends. And they're probably maybe in a similar situation. That's why they're doing it. But yeah, that's weird to do when Leeds is quite a chatty city. Yeah, <laughs> super. Well, especially when I've been there for twenty five years, yeah. so I don't. I didn't need to do that. Like mm. You have your friends from when you, as you've been growing up, and. But yeah, it felt really weird at first. I don't have to do it as much anymore because I've been here a year now, and like I've got my sort of network of people and friends that I see all the time and stuff. So it's, I don't really have to do it much anymore. But it, it was so weird just having like right, I'm gonna go sit in this pub with these people I don't know and just try and make friends and through them you'll meet someone else yeah. and, da, 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 and it slowly grows it was really odd did but, you feel like a, a pressure to put on well we all do it to some extent but did you feel a pressure to put on a mask of extra yeah. extra version yeah of course yeah because yeah. you want you want to seem as interesting as possible you know what i mean but yeah it was just this really weird concept of yeah going for beers with just like this one other person you don't know and it's just like so what do you do <laughs> <laughs> really really odd but the it's the best of, thing to do. Yeah, the fear of the empty weekends pushed you through. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you've got to do it. Otherwise, what are you going to do? Move here and just sit and not talk to anyone? No, like you've got to get out there and do it. Have you found that making the music connections, going back to music, that going to the gigs has been a way for you to kind of support new friends in bands and stuff like that, and and, and build that other network too? Yeah, for sure. And I've also had that from people to me supporting me and and showing interest and stuff yeah that was another way of doing it and 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 it's always a conversation starter when you're talking to someone and they're like 
what do you do? And like, oh, I'm a musician. And it, yeah, it's yeah, of course. One great quote you said to me off air is, in London, nobody knows who you are. So for a lot of people who come from small towns where it's a bit more claustrophobic, that mm. can feel like a great positive because it feels almost like a blank slate. Mm. Whereas for other people, like we said, you can feel quite overwhelmed, you can feel quite lost. So how did you navigate that balance? Yeah, it was tough. Yeah, mm. it's, it's, a, it's a weird one. I kind of enjoyed it. Because I, I come from Leeds, but then I come from like a small town within Leeds where, like, yeah, you go to the supermarket and you see 10 people you know. From I do that here, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have, like... My mum texts me going, Did you see that person in the high school? For fuck's sake. <laughs> but I enjoyed coming to London because it's sort of quite freeing that actually nobody knows who you are. No and one you can, cares, actually. And, and no, well. nobody, <laughs> yeah. yeah, nobody actually London gives a fuck. London is gives... almost a very carefree city. Yeah, nobody way. actually gives a fuck. But in that, it's freeing. You can just maybe reinvent yourself or. For other people, like you can actually become who you are and not be hiding anything mm. or whatever. A lot of people do that at uni, so you've kind of exactly. had to, you've done that later. Well, yeah, yeah. When I, you're I, more, more balanced as yeah, well. Yeah, true. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say I've come down to London and changed in any drastic no, way. No, But like, yeah, if it's sort of maybe experiment with how you dress or how you, do you know what I mean? And yeah, and and I know quite a few people who have moved to London and then yeah, suddenly become who they want to be and dress how they want to be without feeling judged or whatever because. You could walk down the street in London in a bin bag and nobody would care. Do you know what I mean? Like, nobody would look at you and think you're weird. It's just because everyone's weird here. Yeah. Yeah, I found it quite a positive thing, to be honest, Mm. being when nobody does know who you are. You can be whoever you want to be, really. How does London feel to you now, given you could easily have got quite homesick in those first few months and years? Yeah, it feels like my home now. Mm. Yeah, I think... When I was living in Leeds, I always did think that I don't think I'd ever be able to call somewhere else home because I'd lived there for 25 years and I couldn't imagine it. I couldn't imagine home being anywhere else. But now I've been here a year, like, I, yeah, I fully see this as as my home. I love going back home to Leeds and visiting family and friends and stuff and still very much my home there as well. But, I, yeah, I love it here. It really is where I live now, you know. Do you feel like, because of this move, you are a different person, better person than we spoke or just a continuation of growth? Yeah, definitely just a continuation of growth. I think, yeah, just a continuation of who I am. But like I've said before, I've realised that I've got a lot in me. You've got more minerals. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) I moved here without a job. Yeah, I've got a tiny little room in Whitechapel, I think it was. Moved in without a job with just a little bit of savings that I'd had from living in Leeds. And just went out there, found work and got myself settled and started my life again here. So, I've yeah, like you say, found I had more minerals than I realised I had. So, yeah, but it's just, yeah, a continuation of growth, meeting loads of new people and, yeah, yeah, I'm loving it, mm. basically. The final part of your continued mental health journey we're going to talk about, mate, is something that you half-joked about on our phone call off-air, but it's actually something quite serious, which <laughs> oh, is God, you yeah. had a twisted testicle in December of 2022. (laughs) Now, my female listeners might not be aware of how serious this can really be. Actually, I think a lot of my male listeners might not be aware. True. So just tell the listeners about your experience here. Obviously, you don't have to go too graphic if you don't want to. But yeah, just how (laughs) it affected your physical health and obviously your mental health. Yeah, I'm sure your avid listeners really... (laughs) Hey, men's health is a serious issue, mate. We can laugh about it, but men's health is a serious issue talk about my testicles on air yeah basically i woke up one morning went to work and 
sort of gradually had this stomach ache that was growing over like the space of a couple of hours and then it got to the point where I could barely walk I was like bending over to pick some up and I could barely so you had leg dongs yeah yeah honestly it was a weird sensation and the worst pain I've ever felt in my life I think yeah and then I, I, I obviously left work early went home got into bed thinking oh this will pass and then it didn't and then I think I spoke to my mum on the phone I was like something weird's going on here like my my ball is hurting. <laughs> I was like, can you put dad on the phone? <laughs> I was like, dad, have you ever had this feeling? He was like, no, mate, go to the hospital. <laughs> I was like, okay. My mum then looked up, as mums do, looked up on the NHS website, like, symptoms and stuff. And she and then she rang me saying, like, look, all your symptoms, it says, immediately go to A&E. So I went there. And, yeah, they inspected me. And... Basically, they didn't know if it was twisted or not, or it would could be some sort of infection or whatever. But the only way to know is to cut you slice open, it open, slice yeah. it open, and have a look. And Bloody so hell. they gave me the choice. They were like, "You can have antibiotics for a, for an infection, or we can cut you open." But if if it is twisted and you took antibiotics for an infection, you'll lose your testicle because we haven't dealt with it. Yeah, I think that makes the choice for you. I think. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, well, yeah, it looks like we're slicing me open. Right. Uh, so yeah, that night I had surgery. Have you been under the knife before? Yeah, I have. Right, yeah, okay. yeah. So, so you're used to that at least. Well, yeah, well, no, I wouldn't say used to it, but I've done it before, but it was right. still like a really, it was it was wild. You were rushed through A&E, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was I Which think... is quite a serious thing. To yeah, I know. rushed through A&E, through the queue. You got yeah. a queue jump. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, <laughs> definitely. I think I was there for four minutes and got seen. Wow. Yeah, like I think I went in, explained what I was feeling. I think I went straight to the, straight to the top of the queue. And there just, must be people look, giving you some death stares there. I know, I know, but well, I had to be helped out of my chair. Did when, you? When, oh, maybe they did. Maybe they yeah, yeah. yeah. If it was more visible, then yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So then they obviously had a emergency surgery. It was twisted, but yeah, I would say I had no idea that that could even really happen. I don't know how it happened. They didn't know how it happened. There wasn't like an event. But it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was wild. And I'd say to any fellow men listening, if if you have any kind of pain down there, go get seen straight away. Because mm. yeah, they did say if I'd left it maybe a day, that you'd probably have lost one of them. It's quite an embarrassing thing, I think, for lads to talk about. I think we it's can joke about things like this. Yeah. But when it's serious, I think yeah. we're more reluctant to get it seen. Yeah. And I think with health issues generally, I think we're quite naturally stoic in yeah, them and sometimes yeah. that can be to our detriment like so say for example i had some health issue or it was a minor issue i think i'd probably leave it more time because in my head i would think in my head and this is just me i would think am i being anxious about it is this yeah, just health yeah. anxiety yeah yeah and I then i think that can almost be like a vicious cycle because you can think oh am i overreacting to it but then actually it might genuinely be a serious issue do you think there's something at play there with oh that? no definitely yeah, yeah. well I, I did exactly that i was lying in bed thinking oh this will pass. i'll sleep on it i'll have some dinner and then i'll go to bed and wake up in the morning it'll probably be gone do you know what i mean so yeah i did that exactly and I, the only reason i went is because my mum rang me saying no you you should really go this seems to be very serious yeah it's affected my going back to like the mental health side of things like because i had to have two months off of doing nothing staying in bed and then like, I think I was pretty much in bed for the first week afterwards and then so you were locked down sort, sort yeah. of locked down I could walk about but it was slow and then and like the second day after surgery or something my house lost its hot water so I had to oh, so, so I had to walk to my friend's like well waddle to my friend's house down the street to use her shower 
So yeah, and then obviously I had two months off. I couldn't do anything I wanted to do, like I climb and stuff. That's what I go to the climbing gym and I'm. Oh, what down Mile End? Not Mile End, the one in Bethnal Green. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the yeah the bouldering walls. But uh, so I couldn't do any of that. So then obviously I've like put on weight and. You feel worse than yourself. Yeah, you yeah, like and that, yeah. Guilty as well. G- feel guilt, even you, though it was. Choice, yeah. yeah, even though I had no choice, I've finally got back into. I've just about got back into exercising now. I've got back to climbing and stuff, so I'm pretty much normal. But it's taken a long time, and so like, yeah, I, obviously exercise is great for your mental health, and that's I I use that as a as a help for my mental health. Go climbing, and like exercise in general. And I haven't been able to do that. So now I'm trying to get back on the right track, lose some weight and, do you know what I mean? Mm. Just like get back to it. And I wasn't able to do that for two full months. I couldn't do my usual thing. So, but yeah, I'm on the men now. And basically to sum up, if you have any pain in your ball, go get it checked out. I was going to say, because it's a fertility issue as well. Because if well, you yeah, lost it, that's a, that, yeah, that's yeah, a serious that. impact on your fertility. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but we're all good and I have both. Excellent. <laughs> I want to reflect now on this part of your mental health journey. So given what we've talked about, what has this period taught you about yourself from a mental health perspective? I think I've mentioned it quite a couple of times throughout this podcast. There's the, you're never too old to realise what you have in you that you didn't know. Since the last podcast, when we first met and talked, I had no idea I could just uproot my life and, and go start again. And I think I think that's been the main message for me over this last year, especially that realising I had a lot of sort of, what's the word? Can-do attitude sort of thing? Can-do attitude, sort of getting on with things when it goes wrong. Proactiveness. Yeah, Mm. proactiveness. And yeah, just realising that I had a lot more in me than I I ever knew. Have people noticed that in you as well? I think so, I think so. Yeah, I've spoken, especially family, I've spoken to them and they're they're like, my mum said like, yeah, a lot of people would have come home. Do you know what I mean? And they do, people go... People move away and realise it's not for them and they straight away come back. And There were moments where I was like, ooh, I could probably leave at this point. I've had a lot of problems with living situations and having to move quickly and all this kind of stuff. And a lot of people would have just been like, yeah, I'm off, I'm going home. I didn't do that and kept going. And Yeah, I've learnt a lot about myself in the last year and a lot about the band as well. Like I said earlier, I'm proud of us for just keeping going rather than giving up. And I think, yeah, I think that's generally the the sort of lesson I've learned on myself is that I, yeah, I don't give up, I don't think. Yeah, even though it gets pretty shit at times and there's ups and downs. But like, I, yeah, I feel like that's the main message I've really learned about myself. What do you hope to achieve in the future? Get Simon to live in London. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't mess him. Well, I am trying to get him, them both down here, but I'm excited for this year with all the stuff we've got coming out. And I haven't spoken about that, but... When we're busy, that really affects my mental health. I'm much more positive, yeah. 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 And when we have these quiet times, you feel like, oh, are we just wasting our time? Mm. I'm looking forward to this year because I know we're going to be busy and I know that it's all going to be like, we'll have like three singles coming out and we'll be like busy making content for that. And and yeah, and you, you get a lot of praise from people like saying, oh, this sounds great. And yeah, it ups you and we'll be gigging and we haven't had that high from a gig for a long time. So I'm looking forward to this year. That's the main thing. I, I can't wait to get all this stuff out that we've had for so long. I think we finished recording in October. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, and then we obviously had to get it mastered and stuff. And then there was a the whole thing like, oh, you don't want to release in December because the playlists go all over the place because of like Christmas music and stuff. Mm. 
So then we've had to put it back. Ideally, we wanted to release like last summer, but we just decided to, no, let's not rush it. But yeah, this next year, I'm really excited for because, yeah, it's basically we're not starting again, but clean slate, let's go smash it. Do you know what I mean? So I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Harry, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming back on Pine the Mic and talking to me, mate. Well, I think that's all we've got time for on this episode of Behind the Mic. I want to say a big thank you to Harry for being my special guest on this episode and for letting me go back behind the mic with him. Victor's track from their third EP, I Could Be Your World, will play us out and I'll put all of their streaming and social media links in the show notes as always. I'll sign us off by saying thank you to the vendors who tuned in. Remember, if you've got this far and like what you've heard, give it a share on social media, tell your friends, tell your work colleagues about it. If you're feeling generous, write us a review and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. You can support us by going to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash venthelpuk. You can also support us by going to our GoFundMe and making one donation. You can buy a Vent t-shirt or you can buy a ticket to Just Checking In Live number four, part two on Saturday the 15th of April 2023 at the Victoria in Dalston. All of those links are also available in one place on our link tree. That's linktr.ee slash venthelpuk. Stay tuned for the next episode of Behind the Mic. And remember guys, it is always okay to vent.